0: hey what's going on everybody you listen to sega station This so, man has a nickname always a lot to say with no shame monday february 15 2021 football is well out there there everybody hope everyone's doing safe staying safe nick seglin here you're listening to sega station podcast got some company coming through today as well trying to get a rich squared conversation and at some point hopefully but as of right now, got the usual Rich Hot Takes Letty coming through. Looking forward to getting into the NBA headlines with him today. Bunch of other things going on in the world of sports. Great time to be a sports fan if you're a fan of NASCAR, if you're a fan of ten- tennis with what went on yesterday with the Daytona 500 and Bubba Wallace becoming the first black driver to lead a lap in the Daytona 500. All the history that went around with him going on in NASCAR last year and then Obviously, greats like Serena Williams and Novak Djokovic in the Australian Open, but there's been an incredible story from Jessica Palugo, who is the daughter of Bills and Sabres owner. She has made it to the quarterfinals as well, so a great time to watch tennis, NASCAR, all sports are popping. Great time to be covering the sports world. Looking forward to getting in some of the sports conversations today with Rich and hopefully another friend named Rich, which seems to be a hot name on my podcast. Apparently, I know a lot of dicks. Yeah, I got jokes. Come on back. I'll give you some more. It should be fire if I can link up with him, former CCU alumni, Uh, friends dating one of my friends. So it should be fire if I can get him on the podcast for sure. Definitely looking forward to getting into these NBA conversations with Rich. Right now, we're about to do that. Right now, it's time for Straight Talk. Brought to you by Seggy Straight Talk. Microphone is always direct. Time to reflect. Rich should be here any moment. As always, appreciate all love and support for the podcast. And follow along on my Instagram or Twitter page, at Segi Station. We also got a live version of the podcast up on my Twitch stream. It's underscore Segi underscore G. Appreciate it if you followed along there as well. And also got the podcast out on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, a few other platforms. Hopefully you get your podcast there. Mainly Spotify was a main goal for me, so hopefully you can go and check out my podcast on that platform. Appreciate all the love and support as always. Looking forward to getting back into the sports conversation today. A lot to get into, a lot to cover. You got Johnny Manziel back in the football scheme of things here, playing in the control. Fan-controlled football league, which I thought was wild. Mentioned NASCAR and what Bubba Wallace did yesterday, even though an unnamed uh, driver that not a lot of people knew. And Michael McDowell wins the Daytona 500. Danny Hemlin was going for a three-peat. Wasn't able to get that done. Bubba Wallace did make some history. Also being the black owner of MJ of that race company, made a lot of history in black history month always. And what we are celebrating currently should be a constant thing, but it'd be great to see Bubba Wallace win a race, and I do think he will do so, and once he does, I do think that'll be transcendent for not only NASCAR and what he did in 2020, but going forward, what we what we saw out of Tiger Woods, particularly in golf. I mean, there was other black golfers in uh, the sport, particularly Calvin Peets, who led a Masters at one point, but never actually won a Masters if uh, Bubba Wallace wins one of these high octane nascar events it'll be great for the sport and what he's standing for and hopefully great for a lot of change going forward a lot of great tennis too if you're a tennis fan a lot of incredible sports going on with serena williams one of the greatest i saw that there was a poll for the greatest of all time and who you had in all across particular sports among states and luckily connecticut did not have Brady as its goat. It had Serena Williams, which I found very satisfying and gratifying to me. But Serena Williams is playing great right now. There was an incredible story, which I mentioned in the read. Open here about Jessica Peluga, who is the daughter of Bill's owner and Sabers owner, who obviously had been doing some good stuff here, come trying to get an NHL update from Rich my other friend Rich here at some point but uh, obviously the Bills had some success this last season so that's an incredible story to see with also guys like Nadal returning to the quarterfinals and Novak Djokovic fighting through injury of some sort and making it to the quarterfinals as well so a lot of good tennis for all those tennis fans and really the sports world has been popping particularly now with Super Bowl in the rearview window, a lot of NFL offseason stories to get into and a lot of NBA stories to really dive into and uh, pick up on here with the break coming up here in just a few weeks, all-star game potentially in between March 7th and then March 25th being the trade deadline in the NBA, a lot of stuff and stories to get into across the league with Rich, which he should be here any minute to do so. Also, mentioned how Johnny Manziel was back playing in the fan controlled football league, which I thought was just really crazy to see. Uh, almost just a sad story to see what's happened with Johnny Manziel. And uh, I'll get into that hopefully uh, here at some point. Trying to do a little bit of a solo rip potentially at the end. Trying to hopefully link up with my other dude, uh, Rich, that I know. CCU alum, like I mentioned, and also big hockey guy. So hopefully can get an NHL update as I had a few interesting topics to get into with him. So I am still hoping to do that. Also got to link up with my guy, Carl, really longtime friend, Captain Carl. Uh, he called me yesterday and a nice conversation with him, which I hadn't heard from him in a while. So that was nice to do. Tried to, uh, give him a little nudge to get back on the pod here. And with the, uh, NCAA March Madness bracket hopefully coming out selection Sunday a little under a month away Hopefully I told him hey he's a big college basketball guy I still love that so hopefully I can uh, Convince him to come on we'll talk a little bracket Hopefully he can give you the plugs to uh, make the right picks Potentially win your bracket this upcoming year because I do think it's going to be extremely difficult to do so With how some of the stuff is shaken out in college basketball A lot of good college basketball this weekend been trying to do a little bit more of my solo plugs trying to still work on some of the kinks in that regard but catch me on my twitch stream it's underscore segi underscore g always trying to get some of those conversations going and hopefully looking forward to having people kind of jump in that follow that a little more you can chat the box a little bit so should be good hopefully that'll be happening but rich is actually here now so that's pretty fire yo what's good rich what's going on how are you pretty good brother how you doing
1: chilling man doing all right first day back to work in a little bit it was off friday had like kind of a short week last week so you know back to work but caught some nba the last few days blazer's been on a hot streak sure we'll talk about that a little bit but yeah bro good. how about you
0: yeah dude i'm doing fine good to see that you're doing well and then back on the work grind definitely got a good uh list of topics here to get through in the NBA, so I'll just start it off for sure. Yeah. Uh, I did want to touch on the Lakers first, because you were right on the muddy with this, and I swear to God I'm going to start calling you Rich Warjanowski because you were telling me fucking Anthony Davis was, like, fucked and, like, not going to do anything and was beat, and I'm like, yo, dude, I, I mean, come on, man. I think you're being a little hard. Bro, he's going to miss some serious time, and this is going to definitely factor into the Lakers' chances to winning a obviously back-to-back rings because if you don't have-, you have anthony davis in my opinion you got no shot at winning larry ob you have uh lebron james in the west so everything kind of shaking out with this whole story with anthony davis is definitely a big time story and we'll see how much time he's going to miss i think he's going to miss a significant amount of time we kind of talked about it on last pod as well like with lebron james minutes going up and grinding him into the ground a little bit how is that going to play into the factor with no anthony davis and Them trying to keep them up there in the seating, chasing the Jazz right now. It would have been incredible. And him trying to stay in the MVP conversations. It'll be interesting to see if he's able to do that without Anthony Davis. I think that's going to be tough to do that and get a championship. Depending on how long Anthony Davis could be lingering. We we saw this with KD, man. He comes back. Maybe he sits out a month and comes back. Dude, Achilles tendons are one of the most mysterious injuries in sports. That thing can go at any time. And you're seeing a lot of the issues that he's having with it where it's kind of bothering him at any time. I think it's just going to be something here where if he can't get 100% healthy and trust that all the way through the playoff run, this could be devastating to Lakers fans. And going forward, regardless of the NBA, uh, you know, checking in on LeBron and finding him and Kyle Kuzma for the anti-flopping incidents, what I think is ridiculous that the NBA has going on. I do think this is a bigger story. With the Lakers still... obviously. Right on the money with that. Gonna have to start calling you uh Rich Wojanas. <laughs> well
1: the funny thing was the only thing reason I looked it up is I thought it said tendinitis, but the spelling was weird, so I looked it up and it's tendinosis, which I touched on it last time, but different than tendinitis. The tendinitis and acute injury, you kind of rest up, you're good to go. Tendinotis tendinosis is more like, nah, this is this might be with you forever or for a long time. Like it's not sit out a month and you'll be good to go. So like I mean, I'm not saying, like, oh, Anthony Davis's career isn't going to be the same. But, like, it sounds like it's going to be an injury. It's going to be with him for a while. It could definitely hurt the Lakers this year. The Lakers in the wrong, long run, Anthony Davis in the long run. So, we'll see. Obviously, hope he's fine. Like, I think the Lakers were the clear favorite in most people's eyes to win a title this year. But if you don't have Anthony Davis at the very least of, like, 85% of Anthony Davis, I don't think they're necessarily favorites. I mean, they're up there. They're always going to be contenders with LeBron. But – you got, some, you got some teams kind of on your ass this year, so they're going to need Anthony Davis healthy.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see how this sh- shakes out for sure, and just wanted to see if you had any comment quickly before we switch out of the Lakers, just on what this means for them going forward maybe in the standings and potentially as well to them just long run if Anthony Davis isn't you know, 100% Anthony Davis, which I do also think will be a factor
1: yeah I mean I think the good thing is you're lucky this year you got Montrez Harrell and Dennis Schroeder in the off season, just guys you could give more usage to on the offensive end and even if you're not necessarily resting LeBron and having him sit out games because you kind of want him out there just having him able to like rest throughout the game not play those same minutes I'm like yeah they aren't going to carry you to wins but hopefully they can at least keep you afloat the Lakers are I think ideally if you're the this is just to me, but ideally, if you're the Lakers, you probably want to stay in like a top four seed, at least get first round home court advantage, and at least have like maybe a semi better matchup. But a lot of the teams in the West are going to be really good. Like maybe that like eight seed is great if you can get the one seed. But I don't think that's going to be possible without Anthony Davis. So I think the thing for them will just be like stay afloat, try and get a top four seed, even if it's a three or four seed. Give LeBron some rest, get Schroeder comfortable, like hand you know managing the team, running the whole offense because. You're going to need that stuff come playoff time. And if you lose a few games here and there because of it, so be it. But you really just need LeBron rested.
0: Yeah, agreed. Uh, It's going to be – like Kyle Kuzma has played better a little bit for the Lakers when he starts. So, like, I assume he'll start for, like, Anthony Davis when he's going to have to miss time forever, how much time that's going to be. But I do think that just messes up the rotation going forward with – Kuzma obviously then coming back off the bench and like I don't know it's just we'll see we'll see if Anthony Davis is going to be able to be like a part of the things going forward because I don't know I'm just reading more into like this whole thing and like my dad did his Achilles like I don't know like it just doesn't seem to look good and what we saw with KD like I just don't think that Maybe if he's able to play, like, who knows? He might get knocked out of a series and miss a game or two. And, like, we saw that with Draymond Green and how that affected the Warriors in their series, you know? It's like you never know how that's going to go. Since the injury
1: news came out about AD, like, I think he's played in two of these games. But they played the Nuggets last night. They lost, which is a good team. He got hurt halfway through. But the four games before that, Pistons, two against the Thunder, which are not good teams, and the Grizzlies, which is, like, they're fine, but not an elite team. And our Lakers were letting up, like, over 110 points every game, going to overtime in two of those games. Like, their defense is going to take a huge hit. Like, Montrezl Harrell can't play defense. Marcus Gasol, I know we had a conversation about the other day. Marcus Gasol used to be an elite defender. Marcus Gasol, like, can defend, but he's not a defender like that right now. So, like, their defense takes a huge hit without Anthony Davis out there. So, it's going to be – even with how great LeBron is and that they have Schroeder and Harold it might be tough for them to stay afloat i'm not saying they'll drop out in the playoffs but i wouldn't be surprised if like anthony davis misses a bunch of times to see him like as a 6 seed with how good the west is and how big of a hit their defense
0: is yeah i did want to stay in the west and i had a couple topics in the west for sure cuz the utah jazz they've been they've been dominating they won i think 18 out of 19 games they won 16 of those by double digits Uh, according to Elias sports, only the third team in NBA history to record 16 double digit wins over a 19 game span within the season, joining the 2008-9 Cavs and the 1970, 71 bucks, which by the way, those teams went on to have the best record in the NBA. I don't know if you saw Giannis's, uh, you know, post game conference after the bucks got smacked by the jazz, they've been smacking everybody. And he said, Hey man, this is the best team out in the West. And I don't know if it's a hot take or not and you were on it from the jump, but I'd have to sit here right now and if you were to ask me who the best team in the West is, I would 100% be saying the Utah Jazz. And I know that kind of sounds crazy, but this is the best team in the NBA in the West in my opinion as well because the West is better than the NBA and even with the Sixers what the, what they got going on and be it in and out of the lineup and how for real are they? Like we've seen the Jazz with Quinn Snyder, the continuity of this team. You've talked about it plenty of time. And I do think that tends to matter right now with Mike Conley missing time even too, and they're still out here winning mad games with some other guys a little bit banged up. Like the Jazz are for real, bro. I'm not going to go out here and say they're the best team come playoff time as well, but I do think they'll be the one seed in the West, which is something I did not see come the start of this season. Um, You would have been way more closer to that than me. And so I just wanted to ask you real quick if with what you think with uh, Giannis' comments, do you actually believe that they're the best team in the West? And just going forward, is that going to be obviously going forward, hopefully they're having the best record in the West? I mean, they're sitting at the one seed right now. They're two or three games clear, I believe. And uh, I don't see yeah. them slowing down. Donovan Mitchell's just been incredible. Even uh, before the Shaq comments, he's been doing it since the Shaq comments. He's been elite this entire season, going back to the bubble as well. Like go bear, obviously. We've talked about him plenty of times, and all these shooters around him, their ball movement has just been literally unbelievable, and I think they are just defensively a great team, well, because of what Quinn belt there, uh belt uh, there with a culture, so just wanted to get your quick take on the Jazz.
1: I actually just pulled up our top 10 team rankings before the season to see where I had him. I had him fifth overall behind the Lakers and the Clippers in the West, so like, you know, Paul George has missed some games. Anthony Davis has been a little hurt. I'd still say the Lakers and Clippers are better teams. So that was that was pretty spot on. I'm just looking at kind of like where we're on and off here. It looks like you were the most off for sure on the 76ers. You didn't have them in your top ten. That was oh, yeah. your most off. I was the most off on probably the Raptors. I had them pretty high, and they haven't been that competitive this year. You were pretty high on the Suns, and they did well. I didn't have the Suns in my top ten. So it was funny looking at that. But, yeah, I think the Jazz are pretty legit. I always think, it's a, I always think they're a – I mean, obviously, I predict them how to start the season just kind of because of that continuity factor and having everyone there. Sort of live like the Nuggets in past years, but the Nuggets this year lost Jeremy Grant, Jam- Jamichael Green, Mason Plumley, a few guys, and we've seen that in them. Just losing some of their guys when you have a good system like that can really hurt you. So I think the interesting thing would be like if the playoffs started right now, and I guess I'll ask you this question. If the playoffs started right now, everyone healthy on both sides, like Paul George is healthy, would you take the Jazz or the Clippers or in a playoff series?
0: Ooh, that's so tough. I think the Clippers are nice right now. I like Serge Ibaka for sure on their squad. It's just, it's tough to pick the Jazz in something like that against a team
1: with, like, more proven All-Stars. But I think it's crazy that we have to think about it because going into this year, it's like, even though I like the Jazz, I would have said, like, nah, come play out time. Like, Clippers would probably smack them. It's just this whole thing. It's just
0: this whole thing for me with the small market teams, bro. And that's why I love them because, like, everyone, no one wants to pick them and it's, Most of the time, they don't usually win, but when they do potentially have the squad to compete with some of these bigger markets that everyone wants to pick, it is intriguing for the league. And I do think a Utah Jazz squad that we haven't talked about since Karl Malone era, basically, John Stockton era, like, damn, yo, this is definitely a really good team, and they're not on enough for people to realize and appreciate it because it's just highlights. We'll catch some of these highlights. They're fucking all over the top ten. The only big
1: struggle with the Jazz is... Their best player, you you could say it's Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert, but I'd say their best player through a lot of the regular season is Rudy Gobert because he just anchors their entire defense. Like, yeah, he's okay, puts up some numbers on offense, but he anchors their entire defense, probably the best defender in the league or at least the best big man defender in the league. The problem with the postseason is he's kind of, like, inept on offense, and when your best player on the court is so weak on one side, that just gets a – exploited kind of we've seen it with not that he can't play in the playoffs but teams going at Kyrie in the playoffs LeBron going at Steph in the finals like it's kind of the same thing uh but the flip side there so it, it's tough when one of your best players is has such a big weakness where you can't go to them on offense they just kind of spread the floor out get them out of the paint so that'll be the tough part and the reason why it's tough for me to pick the Jags in the postseason when teams are like kind of scheming against them but they certainly look like the best team in the league or the most cohesive team in the league this year
0: yeah so i'll just keep it one more topic in the west and if you got anything else in there we'll get back to it or talk about it for sure uh i did want to touch on damian lillard and what the blazers are doing even without cj McCollum out Nurkic, uh without collins who's out for a significant period of time here and his canter's been balling and your boy melo has been winning games for them in the fourth quarter Uh, but Dame Lillard again, hits another shot to win them a game last night up against the Mavs, which by the way, we're on like a five game win streak winners of six to seven. They're in the nine seed climbing back up. Something I was hoping for, but wasn't thinking I would see with how they were playing to start this season, but getting a little healthier due to COVID and Luca playing a lot better, but he's having an average about 45 a night in order for them to win games, which is in my opinion, not great, but he's doing it and they're in there potentially winning some of these games climbing back up in the standings to me the bigger story here is what the Blazers are doing without all these guys and what Lillard is doing so quietly I saw this thing I was doing a uh a solo just messing around this weekend I saw this thing where who would you rather have with 0.8, 0.8 seconds left on the clock KD or Steph because they were playing obviously this Saturday and I'm going to get into that game with you in a little bit when we head back to the east but I'm like, yeah, dude, I'd probably take Steph in that situation with those two. Like, KD's pretty fire. You, you could have a, either of them. But out of anybody, I'll take Dame Lillard. What'd he do? Hit another fucking game winner this weekend on my Mavs. Fucking, he's been hitting game winners all year. His entire career hitting game winners. You don't want anyone else for a game winner from Dame Lillard. And by the way, and if they're standing in the standings where they are right now, which is top four or five right there in the East, bro, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be scary to see the Blazers in the playoffs, for sure. It's going to be scary. Uh, just thoughts quickly on what Dame Lillard's doing and the Blazers. They've been balling out. And your boy Mello. He's been balling out, bro. Mello, vintage. Yes, just backing down, just turning them around. Vintage. Just Syracuse. I've been loving it, bro. Those those jerseys are also vintage as well. Those, I like, like old school ones. Or they're uh, yeah, yeah. What are they calling them? Probably retro or whatever. Bro, I need to get one of those. Those are fire. But Blazers have been... Been on a hot streak for sure. I think that's four or five straight wins for them after last night. And Dame Lear, another game winner.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm not sure who I'd – I feel like I'd have to lean Kevin Durant between those just because just because of the height. It's so hard not to go him because of the height. You get to shoot over someone. Any shot he takes is wide open, basically, no matter who's there. Um, yeah, man. Dame's got incredible. It's – I don't think there are many teams that, like, besides, like, a LeBron James-led team, like, a Durant-led team, like, Harden's kind of shown he could do it. But there aren't many teams that could lose their second and third best player and stay afloat in this Western Conference right now. Like, by far, their second and third best player, too. Like, there's no argument that, like, Covington's better than Nurkic or Cantor's better than Nurkic. Yeah, but here's the thing. Let
0: me just say something. You've been shitting on Cantor a ton, and he's not not better than those guys, but he's been stepping up big time. He's not a great defender, but he is playing big time for them. really good
1: he's an by far above average replacement level center but a team with Ennis Cantor and Carmelo Anthony and and for what it's worth I mean Dame's a decent defender but Carmelo Anthony Ennis Cantor and Dame out there playing 30 plus minutes a night your defense is going to be hit pretty hard so I mean luckily Covington's a decent defender but it it hurts not having Nurk there he kind of anchors that defense for him but I mean they've just they've picked it up like Gary Trenton's looked absolutely phenomenal. Mello's kind of been giving us some throwback performances. Like, it. Ennis Cantor, like, he tries very hard on defense. He gets absolutely bullied sometimes. But, like, hey, he's giving it his all out there. I, I love Ennis Cantor as, like, a person. As a player out there, tough on defense. But, uh, no, Bla- Blazers have looked incredible. If you had told me... Not even if you had told me. When I, when uh, Nurk and CJ went down and we found out it was going to be like a month plus for both, I thought the Blazers were going to be fucked. I was like, oh, they're not going to be able to get back in the Western Conference by the time those guys are back. There's so many good teams. Like, It's crazy how well they've been doing and how they've been keeping up. They're fourth in the Western Conference right now, which is... Or, no, sorry, they're fifth. The Suns are in front of them. I predict, predicted them fourth fully healthy. So, for them to be fifth right now with those guys out is, yeah, that's pretty incredible.
0: Yeah, and the Lakers, you know, they had their six-game win streak snapped last night by the Nuggets. Where are they at in the standings? Lakers? Yeah. Or no, no, Nuggets. I'm, Nuggets. Well,
1: the Nuggets are, I'm pulling it back up now. I want to say, like, eighth. Uh, Nuggets are seventh. The Spurs are actually sixth.
0: Yeah, Spurs are snidey right now. I hate them, bro. They're fucking still there, as always. Yep. Oh, Warriors man. That's crazy, bro. Yeah, that Warriors-Nets game, though, was wild. I didn't want to touch on the Nets, so we'll switch over to the East, and we'll get into a uh, topic in the East. We'll start with the Nets for sure. So, KD comes back, returns to the Warriors, right? Has a, mm-hmm. They have a pretty dominant game. All three of them having a dominant game. Katie's now going to miss a couple games with a calf strain. This dude's missing mad games with COVID, and he's out here hugging dudes at the Warriors game, breaking the COVID policies. And I get it. They're probably dumb, but, like, bro, it's just not good optics when you're missing two stints of weeks because of health and safety contract tracing. It's like, bro, just follow the fucking rules. Now he's a little banged up. You know, you got Kyrie Irving out here. And this is my thing with Kyrie, bro. Like, he just acts like he's just, I don't even know, more than on another planet. Because now he's out here quoted for saying, yeah, man, I don't know, four days ago, I just looked James Harden in the eye and I'm like, yeah, bro, you're going to be the point guard. I'm going to be the shooting guard. It's as simple as that. And I just see this quote. I listen to this quote. I just start laughing. I'm like, bro, where you been at? Like, you weren't even on the team. Of course, James Harden. He was a point guard. And like, ever since you came back, his usage has been way more. You, we, you cover it all the time, but like Harden and KD have had way higher usage right now than, than Kyrie even coming back. And Kyrie's definitely now taking this little bit of a backseat. And to James Harden's credit, and I shit on him all the time, you know how I feel about him. This man went from being literally the one of the greatest scorers we've seen in the NBA. To right now, he might be now going into this conversation of one of the greatest playmaking assist pure point guards we've seen in the NBA. Because think about it, Rich. And you know I shit on this man all the time. but looking at some of the numbers on it, it's like John Stockton, right? You think pure point guards that are nasty like John Stockton, even Steve Nash and his coach. Magic Johnson. Isaiah Thomas in his prime averaging 13 assists per game. Bro, this man's dropping. Go look at his numbers. 16, 15, 16 assists per game. And still, like my brother's saying to me, scoring 20 points a night. So he assumed that you were going to come in with some heat on me with this. And I assumed that I was going to have to get it from you. But here's the thing. The Nets are playing a lot better uh, on both sides of the ball. But we're just going to have to see how healthy they're going to be. and We're going to see if that defense holds up. We're going to have to see if they're able to get another piece like we've talked about because I do think it's going to be needed. But this whole flippy-floppy getting onto the ship, getting off to the ship, you can see it with how high-octane they are on offense. So you're literally like, yeah, like, oh, man, damn, they just shat on the Warriors. Steph Curry was going off and only held them to 27 points. Bro, next time they'll go get blown out. Like, so that's my thing. Like, it's one or the other with them, basically, and it'll just come down to that in the end if they're able to hold up long enough on D and continue to score at that high-octane of a rate. But what do you think's going on with the... Uh, Nets, and where they're at
1: right now. Yeah, it's been interesting. Um, Kevin Durant's used to great. It's actually been really high. When him, Kyrie, and Harden are sharing the court together, which hasn't been that many games because Durant's missed some games. Kyrie's missed some games here and there. I think that's only like...
0: they played 11 games, I think, and it's been... The trade's been a little bit over a month now.
1: Yeah, but I'm saying, like, all together, because, like, they've all missed some games, too. I don't know exactly how many games it's been. I want to say, like, maybe five, six games together. Yeah. But I think Durant's had the highest usage rate. Uh, not I think Durant has had the highest usage rate, which is, which is kind of funny. Wouldn't expect that. I guess just getting him a ball a lot. That makes sense. I mean, you want your offense to run as efficiently as possible. Like, James Harden's a great facilitator, but... Literally, no one's a more efficient offensive player than Kevin Durant, unless you want to argue Steph Curry on the shooting front. But I think I think they look good. I mean, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna figure it out. I think a lot of us, being whether it's you, maybe not you, but like me, the media, a lot of people will probably go through sways this year of like ah, oh, they're. I'll I'll never say they're a first round bounce, but like, oh, they're a conference finals team. Ah, uh, they're a second round bounce, that kind of thing. Like, like I said, they're not going to be a title contender to me this year, but I think we're going to go through the range of motions, kind of, for how far they could make it in the playoffs. Because I think they're going to figure it out and look better. Like the fact of the matter is, we're in. The trade happened mid season. There's no training camp. I don't need to go into all that. But like, they're going to get better throughout the season. Even if their defense is terrible, they're going to get slightly better because they're just figuring it all out. Have only played a few games together, so. I think they've looked pretty good. Harden, Harden has looked great the last few games. He's going to be dominant tonight, I'd imagine, going against the Kings and uh, Kings and Brooklyn Nets, the two worst defenses in the league. So I'm sure there will be a huge game tonight, whether they win or lose. But I think they've looked, they've looked solid so far for the trade just happening and kind of missing some pieces still.
0: Yeah, here's the thing that was crazy for me, Rich. James Harden in that win the other night, at, uh, which, by the way, it's Chase Center. I was calling it Oracle, but that's what it used to be called. It's Chase uh, yeah. Center. Uh, 88 passes, which is the most he's had in four years. Four years, and it was 144, 137. But dude, he's this dude, uh, Harden. He's got 103 touches compared to Kyrie's 63. And you're you're out here coming after the game and talking about yeah, we we talked about he was gonna be the point guard, bro. He's been the point guard, and you know, in my opinion, that's the best part that they've done. It's just made him the true point guard, and let him be the point guard there. And and Harden has accepted it and not just walked up the floor and just pulled up. Like, he's looking to play make. And, by the way, he's doing it at a incredible rate. It's a little – and I,
1: I get why Kyrie said that. It's sort of the – even if it maybe didn't need to be said, and I mean, who knows if it needs to be said. Like, I guess they're the only ones who know. But it's kind of that, like – It took that year for like we all talk about it in hindsight. It's always talked about on ESPN. where like D Wade went up to LeBron after the 2011 season when they lost the maps, and we're like, "Yo, this is your team. Like, for us to do this, like, you got to be the man." So it's kind of that like, yes, obviously James Harden was better than Kevin Durant or James Harden was better than Kyrie Irving already the last few years, but it's just kind of that Kyrie Irving being like, "Yo, I've always been known as a point guard, like." That that's you right now. Like, it's all good. Don't worry about me, which, which is a really good sign. Cause part of the issue is like, how are these three high usage guys going to work together? Mainly Kyrie and James Harden. And like, if Kyrie is cool with that, then I think that's their biggest issue. Well, defense is their biggest issue, but one of their biggest issues is kind of avoided right there. If Kyrie and James Harden are both actually cool in the roles they have.
0: Yeah, I mean, they got guys scoring, uh, all their starters scoring 15-5 and five for the first time since 99, so it's spread out as well because he's playmaking for other guys that we've talked about, you know, Joe Harris, other, the other key players that they're going to need. So, he was
1: on fire against the Warriors. I mean, granted, it's a Warriors game, but he wasn't shooting that much. There were times where I wondered, was wondering why he wasn't pulling it more, even though I know he's playmaking a lot, but every shot he was taking, contested or not, was it. He was absolutely on fire, so... Yeah. If he, I mean, James Harden could literally be, we, we don't know. We haven't really seen it. He could be not like a Steph Curry. No one is, but one of the more efficient scorers out there, if he's not having to do it like 25 shots a game, if he's doing it on 15 shots a game. Yeah.
0: A yeah. Shot. Yeah. But let's get into this for a second real quick on your boy, James Harden. Cause I talked about a, su- a couple of his uh, quotes I know what's coming. and, what's coming. and uh, here's the thing, man. Like, I saw that it was trending that James Harden was apologizing to Houston or whatever on ESPN. So I'm checking it out. Read so the Rachel Nickers interview and I'm I'm reading into some of these quotes, bro. And and you know, you've seen them. I posted them a couple of times. Like, bro, he's saying in his apology, by literally just shitting on the fact that he had nobody to score. And it's like, bro, you just never passed the ball. I just read the stat. It was your most passes. In, well, bro, why did it have to be 88? You couldn't do 44 passes a game, bro. He's averaging about 10 passes a game. we will probably look at some of this these guys' numbers. And yeah, he doesn't have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, but you had Chris Paul, you had Russell Westbrook, you had Dwight Howard, you had Eric Gordon, you had some guys that, in my opinion, are good enough NBA players to where you can get more people involved. Clint Capella at some point. I mean, you had plenty of guys. So. To me, that's just pure Harden being ignorant to the entire situation, and you're trying to apologize in just, in my opinion, not a good way. Like, that just makes no sense to me. Just quick thought on some of these quotes from Harden, Rachel Nichols' interview.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a crazy thing to say. Like, I get it to some extent, and I think there's there's two sides to it. Like, well, and we'll never really know unless, like, Mike D'Antoni or James Harden write a book down the line, or Daryl Morey, but we still won't know. That'll only be their side. It's kind of like, who is the most to blame for how their system was in Houston? Like, it got them pretty far, but was it that, like, Mike D'Antoni only wanted to run it through Harden? Was that Harden was demanding it was only run through him? Was that, like, Daryl Morey style that he was putting together as the GM? Like, I don't know, probably a little bit of everything, and and they're all to blame there. But, like, I think at the end of the day, I think the big argument is he didn't, he didn't sacrifice enough with Chris Paul and he should have, he tried to sacrifice a little bit more with Russell Westbrook. Not maybe not even still as much as he should have, but he was given Russell Westbrook his when they were together and it was working for a period of time before Russell Westbrook got hurt. But I think anything prior to Chris Paul, any Rockets years, he was the guy you wanted taking those shots and he's 2013 to like 2017 with Dwight Howard there. Like, James Harden was the guy you needed taking those shots, and there was too much on him. But with Chris Ball there, he didn't sacrifice enough. That was on him. Russell Westbrook, he sacrificed more, but just didn't happen. Too little, too late. Not the best fit. Russell Westbrook got hurt. bunch happened there. But James Harden messed up the Chris Ball thing because they could have realistically won a ring. Potentially last year, if Chris Paul was there, potentially they would have been more in
0: contention. I just feel like the whole argument you're trying to make right now is what I'm trying to say about James Harden. Is like, hey, bro, you can't just like go to a new team and then act like you couldn't have done this on your old team where you had guys and like you had been talked about in plenty of these conversations of being able to contend in the West. And like, bro, this is my whole thing with James Harden. Like, he like they're gonna have to rely on him to play like some more defense and then like you see him with the chemistry issues already on the nets with defense like it's just like the whole knocks that have always come up on james harden seem to come up and like this is one of them in my opinion just not ever handling any of these situations the right way where you're like bro like what what are you even talking about here like you didn't you didn't have to go and shoot uh, literally 50 times a game to score 40 every night like
1: to be fair, we're doing, a li- we're doing a little bit of recency bias, though. Like, he did, like, for his better part of his time there. Up until Chris Paul got there, they had Ariza, they had, like, Ryan Anderson, they surrounded him with shooters. Like, I know those are not huge names, but they had, like, a good system, good shooters around him by the time Chris Paul got there. But prior to that, it was, it was a lot of just James Harden, and then, like, Eric Gordon is the second best option, but James Harden's, like, so far better than that. He's the guy taking those shots. So, I, I think there's, I think it's 50-50. I think he's He's right, he was doing that for a while, but then they gave him the pieces he needed and he wasn't sharing the ball enough,
0: so you're right, you're I mean, right on that side. I mean, it is good to see what he's doing right now, and if he can keep that up and their defense can get up, then yeah, like, it is going to be scary to see them in the playoffs for sure, and it'll be I, interesting I, to see I, what I they do. only
1: argue, though, he could not have done this in Houston this year and he knew that, and that's why he had to get out. Like, new GM, new coach, whole new system, brand new guys, none of the same guys there, like, a bunch of guys who are, like, have something to prove, or, like, trying to get their career back on track, and John Wall to Marcus Cousins while he's trying to get That's
0: fine, bro. That's fine. I can agree with that, but like there. you, the way you handled your exit there is not great, and then pretty much coming out and then saying you're apologizing, and, and that's the statement you give on it, is, is not great, in my opinion, either. Uh, so, you can't come on my pod without uh, talking a little Knicks, and so I did have a couple things I needed to mention quickly, and then you can go off on it, because that's your team. Sure. So, we'll about how they won the uh, New York... New York's bench has outscored its opponents by 74 points since acquiring Derrick Rose. Very good news, in my opinion, for the Knicks. A trade that I think was very good for the New York Knicks. And also, some bad news here for you. Knicks center Mitchell Robinson will undergo surgery on a fractured right hand and is expected to miss four to six weeks. But this is going to open up some more OB Toppin playing time, which, by the way, I don't know if you saw his duck the other night. Obi Toppin is going to get back onto the court, start showing himself, and then you're going to have both of these guys when Robinson comes back, hopefully playoff time, when I think the Knicks are in contention for a playoff spot in the East.
1: Yeah, um The only weird thing there's been in the last few games is I was saying I was worried about Quigley's minutes taking a hit with Derrick Rose. That hasn't happened too much, a tiny hit, but, like, that was to be expected at the least, like, a few minutes. R.J. Barrett's minutes have taken a huge hit since Derrick Rose came, which is, I mean, he was getting a little overplayed for, like, he was getting the classic Thibodeau treatment. He was playing, like, 38 minutes a night. Him and Julius Randle were top three in the league in minutes, which is R.J. Barrett playing a little bit more than he probably should be, but at the same time, like, I have nothing wrong with getting the experience. There aren't a whole lot of guys that should have been playing in space. I have no problem with Derek Rose taking some minutes, but he's had some, like, 22, 24-minute games. So I hope that gets stabilized. My, my only concern is it's been the same thing with Tom Thibodeau the whole time. Like you just said right there, like, oh, Mitchell Robinson down, more O.B. topping minutes. Like, you would think last game uh, – Taj Gibson played more minutes because Tosh. <laughs> 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 so it's like, so it's like, we'll see. Tom Thibodeau just kind of has his like quirks. Like he loves Derrick Rose, he loves Taj Gibson. Watch, we're gonna sign Luol Deng and Joe Kim Noah next week, and they we'll, We're just gonna have the old Bulls starting lineup. we'll see. From what
0: seven uh, years ago, bro? <laughs> yeah. He, like I that ain't gonna do nothing. <laughs> okay, but,
1: um, no, I mean, Knicks have looked good. Derrick Rose trade probably will be good in the long run seems like he's been a good mentor and it's like weak already there to the young guys a lot of the guys like him so I'm, I'm fine with it i hope to see rj barrett still playing like 30 plus minutes and not like the 24 27 he's been getting the last few nights but we'll see um if i'm allowed to go off on the little nick side tangent here quick touch on the um porzingis trade so have seen a lot of talk about this lately so quick refresh the porzingis trade initially was dennis smith jr and two first round picks for Porzingis. I was not happy about it. I felt we could have gotten a lot more for Kristaps Porzingis. Two first round picks is great, but I thought we could have gotten better value back than a player than Dennis Smith Jr. Even though the Knicks have needed a point guard, I thought it would wet, go way better than it did with Dennis Smith Jr. That part went terribly. But I think we're at the part where it's it's crazy as it sounds even with Dennis Smith Jr. being gone now, where we could actually say like the Knicks potentially won this trade and like this story is yet to be told. Like we'll see. I mean, if they Mavs win a ring with Porzingis, and like absolutely not. It did The Knicks did not win this trade. But as of right now, main reason the Knicks made that trade was for cap space. They didn't want to max out Chris Stapps-Porzingis. They didn't want to do it with the injury history. Chris Stapps-Porzingis had problems with them. With that cap space, they signed Julius Randle, <clears throat> and they signed Marcus Morris, who they then flipped for a first-round pick. So right now, from not signing Porzingis, they got three first-round picks, Dennis Smith Jr., and Julius Randle. Then, the Knicks own the Mavs pick this year, which is currently a lottery pick for how bad the Mavs have been this year. I don't know if that will continue, but regardless, the Knicks own their pick this year, and it's looking like that could potentially be a top 15 pick. So that's pretty sick. The Knicks probably end up with two because the Knicks, uh, with the Knicks record factored in two and having their own picks, and the Knicks probably end up with two picks this year in like the 8-17 range from this poor Singus trade. trade. The cap speaks to get Julius Randle. I mean, in the end, it ends up being a pretty good trade just simply from the principle, like not having Chris Tapps, Porzingis maxed on our roster, because that wouldn't be going well. You could argue it might go better for the Mavs, but that wouldn't be going well for the Knicks. They're going to have two nice picks this year's draft. They got Julius Randle. They got cap space. They got a future first round pick. They just exchanged Dennis Smith Jr. for a second round pick. They got a lot from dealing <laughs> Porzingis and not maxing him. So I could argue the Knicks won this trade right now.
0: No, good way to break it down there. Let's just wait and see how this goes out, because that Mavs pick I saw was going to be pretty high when they were sitting as the 14th seed, bro. They're sitting as the yeah. 9 right now. They're climbing. I know they lost last night to Dame Lillard. The there. They could be at the 10 after that loss last night, but they're at the 9 yeah. last... They were in 9 last night.
1: Yeah, they're at the, they're at the 10 right now. Tied tied. Uh, them and the Kings are tied for the 10, so could easily be down to 11 soon. Don't get me wrong, I expect that to be a... I expect them to be in the top 15 teams or so this year, but regardless, it'll be tough for them to climb into the top 10 picks, so... Hey, that's a pick that looks like it might have been like a 25th first-round pick that now might end up being like a 16th first-round pick or something like that, which is a pretty nice bump right there.
0: Yeah, we'll see. All right, real quick, i got to get into this because going on the Wizards, right? Oh, what's wrong with the Wizards? Like a team that I thought was going to be good, and, uh, you know, they're clearly not as good. And pers- particularly with that uh, airball Russell Westbrook shot, that reaction, that had me giggling for sure. Anyway. Yep. Uh, we'll skip the Wizards topic for today, and I want to bring up the Celtics, because, yo, what is going on with the Celtics, bro? Losing 7 of 9, 13 and 13. I don't know where they're sitting in the standings off the top, but...
1: Uh, they are 5th right now. 5th right 13 now. 13 and
0: 13 has you 5th. In the West, I would have you, like, 12th.
1: In the West, that would have you 10th t- uh, with the maps.
0: It's just ridiculous. I was just covering yeah. this the other day. So, yep. here's the thing. Tampa, I don't know if you saw this, but Tampa's going to be there all year now in terms of the Tampa Raptors. They're staying there all yep. season. We'll see because they were climbing back up into the standings. I believe they're in this playoff slot right now as well. Celtics sliding and... Andre Drummond is reportedly breaking news today, not getting played again until he gets traded. I guess they don't want him to get hurt. And they're looking like he might uh, go to the Raptors or the Celtics. I think it's going to be those are the two hot spots, in my opinion, or what I've been hearing a little bit. It'll be interesting to see. Sounded
1: like the Raptors more and more the last day or two. Yeah,
0: so that'd be big for them for sure, but we'll see how that shakes out with so late in the season them also staying in Tampa the whole time. I do think that plays a huge role in how their season plays out. But to me, the Celtics are wildly underperforming. And you got to look at Brad Stevens here. I know you got nine players under uh, the age of 25, but this, in my opinion, falls a little bit on Brad Stevens and with just some of these guys that he's had for a little bit, and he's going to be on the hot seat here if they can't figure this out, in my opinion. I know it kind of sounds crazy, but I was hearing a little bit of it from Jay Williams today, and I couldn't agree more. I don't know what's going on with the Celtics, but I hope they can turn it around. 13-13 and has you in the five seed which is wild but like that's just not a great start losing seven to nine you were shit on the pistons and we've shit on them plenty of times they're on a two-game win streak and i believe they that beat yeah some pretty good teams so we'll see if they can do anything i doubt it but like it's just whole thing with me we're like yeah it does look a little bit more competitive all around in the nba and that's what i kind of do like a lot about it when uh you know i look at it because I was thinking about this the other day, and I wanted to bring uh, bring this up before you say anything about what I just said with the Celtics, which is, bro, in the NFL, like, how often would you think the Jaguars, the the, sh- the crappiest teams in the league, Jaguars, any of these teams could go out and beat some of the best teams in the league, Chiefs? Uh, they couldn't. Like, it just wouldn't happen. Anyway, oh, anything can happen. I give someone... Yeah, I get you, but like, not in that situation. In the NBA... That can happen and does happen. We've seen it, and I do admire that about the league.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Celtics. So the, the big thing with them, whether you look at, like, Reddit, Twitter, like, YouTube, ESPN stuff, like, no matter where you go, it seems like the thing is always that they need a big man. And there's also been a lot of stuff about how they need a better defensive point guard than Kemba Walker. He's just kind of a liability out there in the postseason. I don't think either of those things are wrong. I don't think either of them is really the main thing. I think to me, it's just the bench depth for them. I mean, right now, they're hurting without Marcus Smart. Losing Marcus Smart and having Kemba Walker and Peyton Pritchard out there, like soaking up all those minutes, is just an enormous defensive loss. Like, Peyton Pritchard has been great. He looks like he's going to be a good player in the league. Kemba Walker is. Had some tough games, but coming back from a serious injury. So so we'll we'll see how he looks, given the benefit of the doubt for now. But the, Marcus Smart will be back. Not having him out there is a huge blow for the Celtics on defense. Because, I mean, the best player on 90% of teams is like someone in their backcourt. And Marcus Smart's always guarding that person. And oftentimes the wing, too. And now you don't have that guy out there. So that that's really tough for the Celtics right now. For me, I think they need to trade for some depth. Like after you get past Smart, Jalen Brown, Kemba, and Tatum, I mean, like, Tristan Thompson, Tice, Grant Williams, like, they, they don't have – like, their bench is, has no depth at all. So, like, i just thrown some names out there. I talked about it in, like, I think our chat the other day. But, like, Terrence Ross, someone the Magic might be looking to move on from, someone that could come off the bench, like, score a bunch. <sighs> I wouldn't say Lou Williams because you still have that same defensive liability problem. But you got to find some guys around the league that you could get to like, that are, like – established nba players to come off your bench and there's always going to be some around the trade deadline they're going to be guys on expiring contracts or guys maybe a little overpaid they could use their trade exception on but i think they got to bring in two guys to come in off their bench i don't think their big guys are bad and robert williams Tyson, tristan thompson but i think you need like another wing another guard who could come off your bench and be like solid nba players so uh, I don't know who that is. I like Terrence Ross for them, but they they need to make some moves to get a few more good bench players on their team. But I think they'll be better with uh, Marcus Smart back.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Celtics definitely struggling a little bit. But, yeah, they're waiting for Marcus Smart, Kemba to look a little bit better, even though he's looked better than he has, obviously, since he signed with the Celtics. Still working his way back as well. So we'll see what happens with Duke's green squad there. Yeah. Uh I haven't heard from Duke. Shout him out real quick. Uh, all right, so I just wanted to get in a few random things here on the way out before I let you go. Yep. Uh, so you see this? I thought this was pretty like wild and kind of funny, but not really funny. It was like last night, LeBron James broke another record. and We all know he breaks a ton. Of, he breaks a ton of records, you know. Uh, it goes. He now has the most turnovers in NBA history with 4,525. And I'm like, yeah, go LeBron. Like, dude, of course. The dude's played a ton and he does a lot and has done a lot throughout his entire career. So, like, I would assume he would have a good amount of turnovers, particularly with a charging foul also being called a turnover. I know he doesn't get, like, tons of those, but those would count as well, right? Like, that would count as a turnover. So, uh, him driving to the basket. So like yo it's it's just classic like that's the ammunition that people have on LeBron James like stats like that and it's like bro like really like come on it's
1: one of those things like i'll look it up right now i wish chi was here for this but i guarantee you whoever leads the league in MLB all time in strikeouts is like an incredible player because in order to lead the league in strikeouts you have to get an absurd amount of bats
0: for sure yeah that's a good po- way to put it uh here's a here's a quick shout out for my guy brody Whoever everybody tends to shit on, he's a cancer, can't win any championships, can't do anything, he's washed, all this shit. Uh, two years okay, ago today...
1: There you go, hold on. Reggie Jackson has the most, has struck out the most times ever, so there you go. There That's you go. Pretty good to turn it over, strike out the most times.
0: Yeah, good point. Uh, So two years ago today, ruining my punchline, Russ set a record okay. for 11 straight games with a triple-double. 11 straight games with a triple-double. I know everyone shits on them, but, like, come on, bro. And I know everyone shits on the triple-double as well, but to me, that's incredible. Uh, do you want to get your thoughts on this quick? And then I got a few funny things on the way out, but obviously this topic isn't so funny. And I brought this up with you, and I didn't give you a t- even though we talked about it in the group chat, and I always try and give everybody an opportunity to do so here. So I just want to get your thoughts quick on what is going down with the whole national anthem in sports, um, the whole situation with Mark Human and the Mavs, which I found obviously is going to get the reaction, like I told you, that it's going to get on social media just in regards to everything that we see with the reactions on social media. But I do think that my whole point, and I think he kind of understood me a little bit better when he was over here re- regarding what my take on it than in the group chat, is just, bro, I don't really care what they play. Alright, if you want to change the song because it needs to be changed, that's fine. But I do think something needs to be played. And I do think that when something is being played, athletes, whoever, should be allowed to do whatever during that thing. Because I saw, just a few times after I had this take, that a, I think it was a college or a high school, that during the National Anthem they decided to all in unity take a knee. You know what happened to them? They all got suspended. They're not allowed to play. I swear to God. I swear to God, that's an actual story. Look it up. And it's similar to what's happened in the NBA, man. And I do think it's kind of crazy. You're not going to get suspended, but you're going to get fined if you kneel for the national anthem. And I just yeah. don't understand with what we've seen in the NFL and how the NBA has been behind these players this entire time. When we saw what going to happen, back to the boycott, back into the bubble. Bro, why wouldn't they be allowed to protest in that style if they want to? And why are we going to get rid of the national anthem in my opinion? So people can't do that. To me, that's crazy. And that's my only, that's my only point on it. So
1: it's tough. Cause I, I've been to a bunch of NBA games, a bunch of like UConn college games, everything. Like I agree the national anthem is a nice like moment. It's like before it's like the calm before the storm type thing. Like you, everyone's quiet national. Someone comes out, sings it. Everyone's kind of like the peaceful moment. Everyone claps after then it's like tip off. Let's go. Like it's, it's a nice moment i can't i can't disagree with that my my take is more like to me personally a year ago i would have been like if anyone said i guess there's longer than that like pre colin kaepernick stuff if anyone was like oh fuck the national anthem i'd be like it's a weird take to have like all right why but like we don't know this stuff then we start learning a little bit more and it's like okay like some of the lyrics in the national anthem that aren't part of it are like just overtly racist and we're like Written by not part of the song, I get it. Like, maybe not meant that way, but my point would just be like, if it makes some people uncomfortable and feel like unwanted, is the song about our entire country? It's like, all right, fine, like, m- move on from it, move on from it. That's totally fine. I don't have a huge take about like what should be played. I'm not even necessarily, you guess. know,
0: me, I'm the biggest Colin Kaepernick supporter you should know.
1: Oh, I the,
0: know, I know. Bro, he. He wasn't. He didn't want the national anthem to not be no, played. No.
1: Oh no, I'm, I'm aware of that, I'm and I know you're.
0: That. I know you are. But I'm just saying, like, to, to me, like these people protesting it are not the national anthem are not really like. Oh man, this is why I'm upset because of the national anthem and what it actually says and and what it actually. Yeah, that's come up because of this whole situation with Mark Cuban. Of course, oh, good and point, good point. and. Yeah, those are conversations we need to have. In my opinion, we should all have these conversations. But go ahead. The
1: the reason it all came up, like you said, wasn't because of the national anthem. He was just using that moment as a point when the cameras around them were take were like to take a stand. Colin Kaepernick being. About his movement, it wasn't an attack on the national anthem. It was to get people attention for his cause on police brutality. Like I, I fully get that. I'm just saying, after the fact, we research more, you learn more about the national anthem. You hear people saying about it. Like I sent the lyrics in our chat the other day. I don't have them in front of me, but it's like some very clearly racist lines that come in the national anthem that are not part of what we consider the national anthem. Yeah. So my point is just like, yeah, we probably shouldn't have that as the national anthem. I respect Mark Cuban. I think the more in-depth point I want to make is I respect Mark Cuban for being to, the first one to make the change because someone has to. I read a book. I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but about basketball. And going back a few years ago when Mark Cuban first came into the league as a – not a few years ago, like 12 years ago when Mark Cuban first came into the league as a GM, every or as an owner, sorry, every other owner in the league hated him. Because he was loud, obnoxious, sat on the sideline, yelled at the refs, was involved every day at practice, would buy his team a bunch of crazy shit on the Jets and everything. Like every single person hated him and the owners in the league. But now that's how the best owners are viewed. Steve Ballmer, the guys that are the most involved with their team, the guys that put the most money down Bro. on the team, the guys that are progressive and do new things. Here's so my The thing. reason I give him credit is for just stepping out and being like, I'm going to be the first one to do it. And I'll tell you what, it's probably a good recruiting tactic too because there are many people who want to be on a team who appreciates what the players are voicing and what's being heard. And he's the one doing that Bruh, right now more so than others. I, I
0: respect it. But at the same time, this man did this. Let me just explain why this man did this. Because in the CBA, it says that if a player is kneeling during the national anthem, they will be fine. So they, they won't, that you don't see it in the NBA. That's not a thing because no one's going to do that. Like in that sense to just take that type of hit in terms of the fine every single game or whatever it is. So they don't. So they've communicated that to Mark Cuban. If the national anthem was going to be played, that they wanted to take a knee. So he's technically saving them from being fined, but also he's saving his sponsors, who probably won't want to be in target with him going forward because some of his players are are kneeling. It's a lose-lose situation all around for Mark Cuban, but a business one. Like, we've seen this man a bunch of times in business, and I think this is just another business decision that he made. Absolutely. That, like, okay, it gets, oh, let's give him some respect. Like, yeah, we'll give him some respect, but like, realistically, this is a knock on the NBA here. And they should really look into some of these things that they have going on with their CBA, including a couple things that are coming up that I think are controversial as well.
1: If nothing else, it's just a great, I mean, you touched on it right there, it's a great recruiting tactic. It's like, Hey, people want to play for a player's coach, like a player's GM, a player's owner, like someone who will do what he has to do for their players. Like Mike, Mark Cuban is like probably already viewed as that second to none, like Steve Ballmer up there too, because they have so much money to spend on these teams and they're so involved with in the teams they actually care. But for me it's as simple as like this will make guys like really want to come play for you. Like he's willing to put his ass on the line to like help his players out from getting fined. Like that's that's an enormous move that I – i like it i i respect him for just being the first one to do it like i don't blame other teams for not doing it. it's not some like oh, all the other 30 29 teams are terrible people for not getting rid of the anthem like nah this is you know like it's something that will take a long time people might come around here and there but like someone's got to be the first one to make a change yeah but dude did
0: you do you know that the nba is saying that that you need to play the anthem and he's going to be playing it now
1: Oh, I mean, that makes sense. I was surprised that hadn't happened yet. But no, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, like they issued a statement, the NBA, saying that they will need to be playing the anthem and now Mark Cuban will be playing it again after not oh, playing it for I, 14 I times and, or 14 games and nobody said anything. And now all of a sudden they said something because it came out in which, this is my whole thing on it. What I mean, it, you can go on and on about it, but it's like the whole thing with it, just going forward, looking at it. And yeah, there's probably things about it that we should change. So let's do it. But I don't think we should get rid of it, and that's kind of just my whole point. Uh, that's just basically the way I feel about it. And it, it's so
1: hard, honestly. It's so I
0: know hard it means, me that, yeah, I know it means so different to things to so many different time. people. Because,
1: like, you look up the old lyrics of the song, and it's like, well, that's really shitty. I can't blame anyone for saying that should not be the national anthem for our entire country. Can't blame them one bit. Do yeah. I like the song, do I like the moment in sports? Absolutely. Can I blame other teams for not switching on it right away? Nope. So it's kind of like this. It's kind of like this tough topic that, like. I think the NBA. I don't know if they'll do this because they could be. A, they don't want to lose fans. They don't want to lose sponsors. But they've already. They've already make it pretty clear where they stand, like politically and on social matters. But like, I don't think the NBA will let teams get rid of the anthem. But I think they should let them make their own choice on it. The hard part then.
0: Well, they right did, from- and now they're just, just. That's my whole thing. The NBA literally. It was cool. Like he wasn't playing it, and he consulted with Adam Silver apparently, and they weren't playing it. Nobody said anything, and now all of a sudden they had to come out with a statement because of the backlash, and basically say, you have have to play it at games now.
1: I'm sure what happened was there was no rule in writing, like, you have to play the National Anthem because it was viewed as, like, why wouldn't anybody? And then it wasn't picked up by the media, because there wasn't any rule from the past. Then it wasn't picked up by the media, and then the second it goes to the media and people start talking about it, Adam Silver came in like, Yo, I know there's no rule, but you guys got gotta play the national anthem, or you're getting fined heavy, probably. So, like, I'm I'm sure that that's why they did it. But it would be cool to see, like, each team be given their own discretion on that. The hard part would then be, okay, the the Mavs don't play the national anthem, but the Nets do, and then the Mavs go play in Brooklyn for the Nets game, and the national anthem spraying, and then all of them refuse to stand, and I, I, yeah, it, it'll be an issue, but like. You'd like to see teams be able to have their own discretion.
0: Yeah, it's it's good conversation. I respect the take for sure. Uh, just real quick, two quick uh, tweets that your boy Ty like that I need to read to you, and then uh, uh, one last question before you. Oh, Ty also you, uh, one last question before you go. What's that?
1: <clears throat> Ty's got the Rona. Does so, he? Yeah, he's got. He, he's getting better. He said, but he wants to. He wants to hop on the podcast. He said he's just kind of homebound, so try and get him on this week, maybe.
0: All right, I'll hit him up. I haven't heard Sorry, from him. I have not you on blast on the
1: podcast TY, you uh, don't want to uh, know.
0: I haven't heard from him, but he's got the rona, that's pretty fucked. Yeah, yeah. We'll put him on blast on the pod like that dude. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably it's not he's like, probably man, not going to want to come on now. There's, Thanks, there's Rich. Top, there's top Thanks, so Rich. To
1: this who know who TY is. Thanks, so all
0: Rich. Right. All right, just real quick though. So the two tweets that he liked, which was one that I retweeted, Devin real, uh, Devin Booker really stole Ben Simmons' girl and then dropped tw- 36 on his head. Did you see that?
1: <laughs> yeah. I saw that. I saw that. Like not the Rid- game winning shot.
0: Ridiculously like, like a, like, good 40
1: tweet. left, like dagger shot over him. Yeah,
0: ridiculously good tweet. And then there's another tweet that I need to read that is ridiculously good. It's I love Tom, but he isn't the greatest athlete of all athlete of all time. Serena Williams is, and here's why. And there's a thread with about. A million reasons why. And I know we've gotten into this debate a few times on here. But Sarita Williams did make it to the corner finals in the Australian Open. She's looking to match Roger Federer on the most wins men's or women's in majors all time today. So what she's doing is definitely incredible and great. And she does play offense and defense, which is basically my whole thing on it. But anyways, just needed to throw that in there quick. And my then argument, go ahead. We don't have to do this now. If we ever have to do it, I think the only possible way
1: decide who the best all-time athlete is is if we each picked one athlete from a team sport and one athlete from a individual sport who we think is the greatest from each and then maybe you can try to compare those at least one to one but it's so hard to like just jumble up and compare like from he jordan lebron serena tiger phelps but like if you can be like okay michael phelps is my greatest
0: Or that maybe it's a little easier, still really tough. But for me, you kind of got to pick like a team goat and an individual. Fair team and individual. Yep, I hear you. All right. So just real quick before you go, I just need to know um, Are you hyped for the fan controlled football league?
1: I I haven't watched it. It looked a little crazy. I saw the highlights from it. I didn't just watch Just real any
0: quick Johnny Manziel is back in it. Okay. Yeah, this, dude, yeah, this dude lost the game and was quoted saying, You know, if we. Winning or losing, we're still boozing on the zappers. That was what he said, and I swear to God, and this shit's oh, wow. this shit's tweet uh, streamed on Twitch with GoPros and shit. It's seven versus seven fifty yard field, no kicking or special teams. Fans vote players onto teams in a draft during the week. Hopefully, Manziel stays on the team with only one. you see
1: the? Did you see the, uh, did you see the uh, uh, extra point? How they do the extra points?
0: No, I didn't watch any of it because I saw it, and I, I'm one like, what? And I'm like, I'm not watching any of this. This is ridiculous. Yeah.
1: The extra point is a um, just uh one-on-one. So it's a quarterback that can't rush, and they drop back, and then, like you're doing in the backyard, like one person shadowing a receiver, and you have to get open for one point. It's actually pretty funny.
0: That's ridiculous, dude. It's
1: actually pretty funny. I would, I can't see myself really watching it unless I was, like, really bored throwing it on for, like, 15 or 20 minutes, like, <laughs> The field looked a little small. Like, I saw Johnny Menzel's, like, first run. It's, like, the first, like, few plays of the game, and he just runs, like, 45 yards. It's like, all
0: right. Yeah, yeah it's a touchdown, basically, yeah. yeah.
1: But, um, I mean, it, it's funny. I'm sure some people enjoy it. I know they're about to be on, like, DraftKings and have betting for it and stuff. So, like, oh, my God.
0: That, it's, it's funny. People enjoy it. Here's the thing, man. I'll, I'll probably check it out if it's funny, and I like the GoPro cameras on the helmets, and I think some of the things they're doing are pretty sweet for the average guy that likes to watch football with obviously football being done for an extremely long amount of time uh but I, this is just a sad story for me with Johnny Manziel. this dude won the this dude was the highest like talked about coming out of college literally maybe all time I mean I was listening this morning you don't you forget that this dude won a Heisman in 2012 was a red shirt freshman and was just unreal like taking the the, the football war by a storm, and he fell out of the league so quick it wasn't even funny. And because of, in my opinion, really tragedy like circumstances where he just can't get his priorities straight, he's more into partying and boozing than he is playing NFL football. Which I just can't figure that out. I just I've just yet to be able to figure that out.
1: It's just kind of unfortunate. It's what the media could do to someone. Not to say it's the media's fault he didn't succeed. Like obviously made majority his fault but it, what it's what makes it so impressive when guys like LeBron do make it and stuff where they're like saying a 17 year old do like do like oh he's the next Michael Jordan he's gonna be the greatest ever like yeah they're saying that about like Johnny Manzel and stuff too like very hard to live up to it very hard to even be like when you look at Aaron Andrew Wiggins considered a huge bust like you could legitimately argue like it's a topic for another day but like if is Andrew Wiggins a bust or is it like still pretty good to hit on a guy like obviously he's overpaid right now but still pretty good to hit on a guy who's like a solid starter rotation piece because it's so hard to live up to that hype like a bust for the hype but like it's so hard to like actually live up to that on real hype so it's unfortunate like how hyped up he was like chilling with drake before he's even in the nfl it's kind of like that like uh like feeling like you made it before you make it and then you get to the point where you got to make it and you weren't working as hard yeah. as everyone else. So all, uh, even though this wasn't about LeBron, I, I don't usually make things about LeBron, but it makes you like re- respect LeBron. And some of these dudes who come out of high school, yep. like Luca a dude who comes from overseas and it's like, nah, they get here and it's not like, Oh, I'm here. Look at me. It's like, nah, I'm trying to be the best ever. So yeah. I agree. Yeah, Tough tougher tough for Johnny Manziel, but makes you respect the people, Brady, LeBron, other guys who just keep working their ass off.
0: Couldn't agree more, man. That was a fire take. Good one to get out of here on. All right. I'll uh, catch up with you soon. Good uh, chat with you.
1: Peace, man. Talk to you later. Thanks for having me on. Peace,
0: bro. Richie, hot takes. Would do my break here usually, but hoping to come back maybe later on with another Rich Part 2, potentially. A little NHL conversation. Wanted to get into a little bit of the quarterback carousel and what's going on potentially with the Washington football team. I believe my man Rich is a fan of them. Uh, It would be cool to catch up on some of that sports conversation here if he has anything to say about any of the stuff we've been talking about here in the pod. Uh, So I'll potentially do that. Otherwise, I'll most likely be back Wednesday with a bit of a golf conversation expected with my dude Raj who lives out in Monterey right next to their Pebble Beach who just had Daniel Berger win his fourth career PGA Tour victory two in the past eight months since golf returned and I'll be looking forward to catching up with him in that conversation as well a lot good good golf expected upcoming weeks on the PGA Tour and that tournament as well was really interesting and you got some headlines to talk about there obviously an iconic golf course and looking forward to chopping it up in sports with my guy raj east west coast exchange hoping to get a rich square conversation in at some point today probably keep everything up and going just in case for at least a little bit like tally out for a little while uh, It's been good, though, for sure. Trying to get things going a certain type of way. Trying to grow the conversation a little bit more. Linked up on a phone call with my guy, Carl. One of my all-time buddies from high school. Hopefully, he'll get on the pod here over the next few weeks. Hopefully, get a couple more conversations here. Going forward, get my Twitch setup working right. If not, I'm gonna hopefully try something different for my solos once I make it back to work, which probably be like a month from now. So keep my fingers crossed on that, keep my fingers crossed on linking up with Rich and a couple other my on-the-list friends, friends of friends, strangers, welcome them all here on the SEGI station, trying to get more of a conversation going hoping to do that here shortly so i'll head for the airwaves right now at least as always appreciate all love and support and as always i still have no shame what i had to say just a man with a nickname until maybe later everybody so used to my normal read trying to mix it up a little bit hopefully catch you later here on the segi station